It's time to stop being confused about health. It's time to embrace the timeless truths about health. It's time to look within, and it's time for balance. It is time to learn to eat like a normal person. Oh yeah, and don't forget, kale sucks, and an all-meat diet is going to kill you a lot faster than a normal diet. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Avishek Saha here with Stop Being Confused About Health. Today, I have a viewer of mine who reached out to me after I explained in a YouTube video that I'm looking for more viewer experiences. I'm looking for more people to come on this show and talk about their journey going through a diet, body dysmorphia, whatever, diet identity disorder, orthorexia, whatever you want to call it, and come out on the other side where the grass wasn't greener, but then they finally realized that and they came back to a place of health. And that's what we have today. Today I have with me a young man from Spain who has developed incredible wisdom and insight on what truly happens to your body when you go on a diet. He's developed insight on what these trends mean, how to get away from these trends, and why you should run away when you see these trends, how to not be deceived by them, and what the difference is between a truly healthy diet, which is a normal diet, normal diet, which certainly will expound upon much more in future episodes, versus a marketed healthy diet, a diet that you see on Instagram, on magazine covers that looks pretty, but isn't the reality of what your body actually thrives on. So we're going to get to that in a second. Now, before we get to that, I just have an announcement, which is that I have more episodes coming up just like this with people who've gone through issues with their diet. So please share this episode and make this podcast more well known as I finally come back and make it more consistent for you guys. Some of you guys have asked about this podcast. And unfortunately, due to my workload this year, it's been impossible. But now the plan is to move forward. Now, last thing, if you want to support this podcast, support my work and so on, please check out my Patreon where I'm now accepting Patreons. I actually used to have one when I first created the channel. And then due to censorship issues that Patreon had, I, I got rid of it. But I decided to come back on. And what I want to explain is that my goal ultimately is to just read research, understand it, talk to experts, talk to people with advanced wisdom on health, nutrition, wellness, medicine, and so on, and synthesize my findings and share it with you in the form of writing or books in longer form content. And there is a very important message that I think is starting to become more well accepted, at least on my channel, which is that all these claims you're seeing about diets, there's a flip side to the story. And that's what we need to talk about. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, it's not what you're doing, it's it's how you're doing it that really matters, how your body perceives something that really matters, not the food alone. So the link to my Patreon is in the description box below. And without further ado, here is today's episode. All right, so I am joined by a viewer named Carlos, who reached out to me over email after I told you guys on my YouTube channel that I am interested in interviewing people who have gone on diets, who've had a past of body dysmorphia, orthorexia, anorexia, it doesn't matter what it is, confusion, it's all confusion, and then have unconfused themselves. And that's who we have here today. So thanks for joining me today, Carlos. Thank you for having me. So you're coming from where? Uh, Spain. Um, 
Yeah, I'm living in yeah. Madrid right now. So yeah. So you told me over email that you had a past of body dysmorphia and so on. So could you just highlight for me what do you think the differences are between Spanish culture and American culture? Because I'm curious. I feel like all of this diet stuff originated in America, but what what was it like for you? Do you think there's any differences or is it pretty much the same? Well, I'm pretty young. Like I'm 20-something. I'm 21. So it's just, I think like with globalization right now, the cultures aren't, aren't different enough for us to have yeah, different enough backgrounds to to face these obstacles in life differently. So Spanish culture is maybe a bit less focused on consumerism and capitalism than the American culture is, but it's not different enough to make um, a big enough difference to to my background. I think that if I had grown in America, like my I would have suffered the same things that I did in Spain. Okay. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. <clears throat> Excuse me. There's a lot of globalization. So when did this start for you when you decided you were a fat kid? I have memories of people calling me fat and me taking it badly ever since I was like six or seven years old. So it's it goes back pretty far. So do you think this, you, okay, so y, this is a little bit different than just body dysmorphia. This is really important because we actually have a few stories from people that's going in this book I've been working on that some of you guys are aware of features stories just like yours, how people kind of got through the confusion where they were called fat, either by their mom, doctor, friends. And I think this can definitely create some kind of self-image issues um, that can stay with the person throughout time. And I think this is a little different than just viewing things on Instagram or YouTube and thinking you're fat. So how did that affect you growing up? In When I see it now, I think it affected me quite a lot. Like before when I was suffering it, I it didn't feel as if I, as if it was taking a big of a, of a toll as if as it was. So now I'd say it affected me a lot because I, it basically made me think I was worthless ever since I was six or seven till I was eighteen or nineteen, and I got out of that and close environment I was living in, and I realized well, your body isn't all of you and you don't need to have a six-pack to be worthy and you can have a girlfriend or a sexual partner even if you don't have the perfect body or the perfect face or the perfect whatever you're obsessed with. So I'd say it basically affected me through the whole of my teenage years or so right. ever since I was six or seven till I was maybe 16, 17. Yeah. So I'm curious, how did it, how did this affect your decisions? So as you were a teenager, what kinds of things did this feeling of fatness motivate you to do? Well, I avoided doing certain things like going out partying because I felt like I was worthless and I didn't like to go out 
um, into a disco because I, it was too stressful for me to face the reality or to I was so afraid of rejection because it was to me it was almost certain that I would be rejected. Mm-hmm. Then I realized it was a, it was false. Like I, I think everybody has these kind of stories of well I I knew later in life that this girl or this guy was into me and I didn't know at the time and I thought I wasn't liked by anyone but yeah you you realize those things afterwards but during that time it it really made me well there was a time where I wouldn't even go out with my friends to have a drink or to go to a park and do something whatever we wanted to do uh, just because I was too afraid to be called even jokingly something remotely um that remotely resembled being called fat so yeah so were you actually fat in retrospect i was fat but not as fat as some of your viewers might think because in spain being fat is not the same i think it's not the same as being fat in america like here, if you're a teenager and you're 210, 220 pounds, that's fat. And maybe in America, it isn't, you know? Yeah, it depends where in America. I would say if you're yeah, a teenager and you're 200, or you're talking about pounds, right? Do you yeah. guys use pounds? Yeah. No, yeah. we use um, kilos, but I, I imagine, like, since I'm into the gym and all, I have no no problems with, like, talking in pounds or kilos. Okay, okay. Yeah, I'm just making sure, because 200 pounds is still a lot in America, but... I'm actually in Sweden right now, and even uh, people here aren't very fat. In America, people are very, very fat. And I think this is important because we're seeing this body positivity movement, which is telling girls, specifically just girls, that it's okay to be fat. And we do have to find a balance in that between body dysmorphia and uh, obesity and unhealthy levels of fatness. So what was your do you remember what your weight was then in your teens yeah your bmi i've been 511 to 6 foot ever since I, I really don't know how tall i am i'm a, around 180 182 centimeters which it which is like right between 511 and 6 foot and i think my max weight was around 215 maximum like i didn't go over that which is around 96, 97 kilos, I think, yeah. And when you were six and six to seven, when people first called you fat, yeah. I mean, I can't, it doesn't sound like you were seriously obese. So were you just a little bit chubby? Were you very well fed? I, I was, I was chubby, yeah. I had glasses and I had like brackets. I wasn't the epitome of um, hmm. a cute kid. You know, so I, I'd say I was fat. I wasn't just obese. Like, I wasn't medically worried fat. You know, like, right. I was probably in the stages of if you keep going, you'll be, you'll get to obesity, but I never got, but yeah. Yeah. No, you were, it sounds like you were well fed. It's yeah. interesting because where my family's from in Calcutta, I visited them in like several years ago and they told me I was too skinny and I thought they were crazy, but they wanted me to be chubbier and they think that's a healthier look. 
So I think in the West, we believe being slim, lean is the ideal thing. And kids get teased a lot for being fat. So as far as let's talk about diets now, what did you do, I guess, in your teens besides just besides just avoiding situations like parties, isolating yourself? Did that make you go on diets? I think that my, the first diet I got in, which took me from 96 to 97 kilograms to 75, 74 kilograms, which are like 20 kilos lost or 45 pounds. The diet I did then was pretty healthy. I just made my mother adjust some of the foods she would make usually so they would be less calorically dense and I got into a 2000 to 2200 calorie diet and I think I stayed on there on that diet for like three to six months and I lost the 45 pounds easily but then I started to get more serious about it because you know when I well I'm six foot 75 kilos is not a lot of weight and to get mm -hmm. down to maybe 72 70 kilos because you know like you think you're gonna have the you're gonna be muscly and lean at 75 kilos you're not you're probably you've never trained in your life you're probably gonna be just skinny fat there's nothing wrong with that like it's still a healthy weight and if you're eating healthily it's fine but during that time it was quite hard to me to look at myself and think I'm still chubby. Well, I, I, I see pictures of myself then and I think, holy shit, I was like skinny. I don't mm. like the look now. But during that time, I still felt fat. And yeah, I had to tweak things quite a lot. And I would not have dinner or like just have a glass of milk with a tiny amount of cereal and like skip meals during the day just because I, I wasn't, I hadn't learned anything about intermittent fasting, but I was doing something like that just worse because I was just restricting as much as I could. And I ended up getting to those 71, 72 kilos in a couple of months, but it, it just wasn't worth it. And I um, went back up as as quick as I started eating normally again, because I, you know, when people say normal weights, what's your normal weight? In my opinion, is the weight that you can ma maintain that is still healthy without being as food focused as an anorexic or a bulimic person would be. So when you got to 71 kilos, you why did you say it wasn't worth it like what happened to make you think that um i was still tubby or i thought of myself as, uh, still as tubby and it was really hard to keep that weight i'd have to restrict a lot like life isn't cool when you are eating 14 or 1500 calories it's just not not worth it to me that's a really good quote. Life isn't cool when you're eating 1,400 to 1,500 calories. It probably is cool for your metabolism because it's getting very cold, um, which isn't good. 
So did that motivate you to, I guess, gain weight and just start eating normally again? Yes, because what some people don't understand is that when you when you eat a day or two or even a week, like when you eat fourteen to fifteen hundred calories, it isn't that hard. But try eating that for like being a male who is like six foot and eating fourteen to fifteen hundred calories for two months. That's hard. Like it gets harder with time. So, sorry, what was the question? <laughs> so yeah, that's why I asked you this question because I want people to see that you can't sustain really low calories like that. In, in theory, it makes sense if you restrict your calories, 500 calories a day, which is kind of insane, you could lose a pound a week. And that's just not sustainable. People try that, they gain weight back. So the best way to do things is, okay, do cheat meals. And we could talk about stuff like that in future episodes. But did you, you just did this every day for like two months, and then you got to 71 kilos? I can't really remember it. But Pretty much every day. I imagine I cheat sometimes because you can't maintain that or sustain that. Probably some days were under a thousand calories and then other days were 2,500 calories. I don't know. But like most days were around 20, like 12 to 1500 calories. And yeah, I probably would okay. cheat because it's really hard to keep a social life when you can't cheat. It's just that hard. And I hate the word cheat. Because it's part of your life. You shouldn't call it cheating, in my opinion. I also hate the word of cheat meal. So you said you gained weight after you started eating normally. How much weight did you gain? Not much. Maybe like I got up to 78 to 80 kilos, which is around 175 pounds, something like that. It wasn't that much. But um, that was the beginning. Whenever you restrict for so long, you start having a lot of cravings, probably because you're nutrient deficient or mineral deficient. Because I wasn't actually eating a lot of veggies and fruit when I was restricting. I was just restricting as dumb as possible. And I was eating cereal and milk and just tiny amounts of it. So um, I skyrocketed after that and I probably got up to 90 kilos again in just uh, three, four months, if that. Okay, this is very, very important. Because at first it sounds like, okay, you know, you gained six, seven kilos, it's like 10, 10 to 15 pounds after this period of restriction. But what people don't realize is that there is a, an effect behind the scenes that's slowly building where you're eating below your set point, your weight is below your set point, and your body is dying to gain weight for whatever reason. You might not like why your body's doing this, but these are very real stories. And the fact that you're a young male, and it still happened to you, you, don't, you didn't have any other issues, hormonal issues that we're aware of, and this still happened to you, is showing that this is part of the human body. So for three to four months, take me through what kinds of things you started eating more. You said cereal, milk. Well, just the calorically dense, like the typical calorically dense foods, like ice cream, pizza. I went through a time of, um, well, I think during that time I started intermittent fasting because I, I had a 
binge problem. I just wouldn't call it a binge problem because I, I wasn't really binging that much. Like in, as in, I wasn't eating 5,000 calories. I was just mm -hmm. restricting calories all throughout the day just to have that huge meal at night because it would fill me up when the reality was it was quite a detriment to my health. I, I personally don't like intermittent fasting. I can understand how it's a useful tool for some people who are trying to maybe prepare for a bodybuilding competition, but it doesn't make much sense to me if you're waking up at seven or eight in the morning and you have to go to school or college or work from eight to three or five and you aren't eating anything during that time. It just doesn't make sense to me. Just have a couple meals there. Okay, so you... Okay, sorry. So you started eating more after that and you had all these cravings, but you did it while intermittent fasting. Yeah. I would intermittent. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Just to, and why did you do that? Yeah, just to avoid gaining more weight. Yeah. If exactly. I if yeah. I binge and I don't intermittent fast, I, I used it as a tool to binge during the night and still hit my macros for the day. It's basically an excuse we make in our brains. Like, okay, I know I'm craving all this food, but if I do this healthy thing, take this supplement, eat this algae intermittent fast, then I can still kind of eat what I want and try to um, acknowledge these cravings without gaining all that weight back. Yeah. But you said while doing this fasting, you still ended up gaining weight? Yeah, I still ended up gaining weight because I would do this fasting and then I well probably also because I realized I wasn't gonna keep eating 1400 calories so I was just gonna like aim for 2500 calories and if you eat 2500 calories every day which I I probably maintain a 78 to 80 kilos like 175 pounds if I ate like 2500 to 3000 but then there are some days where where you still um, binge and you still have a pizza and a tub of ice cream during the night, which is a lot of calories. It's probably around four to five thousand calories, and I would eat that, and I would like slowly but surely keep gaining weight. So after you came home and after your fasts during this three to four month period, you you kind of binge, kind of didn't. How did you feel after you ate those meals? Did you feel satisfied? Because you said you're getting enough calories. So in theory, you're not under eating at this point. So were you satisfied with those big meals? I was. I felt satisfied, but also guilty. Because well, during the time I was intermittent fasting, I felt really satisfied. I, I thought, well... People tell you that intermittent fasting is the best for you and it's great and all that stuff. And if you base your nutritional knowledge and listening to people on YouTube who are selling you ketones and are selling you, like, it's, it just blows my mind because I was 15 years old when I was listening to these guys. But the, to see educated people listening to them and following them, it just blows my mind. It's like, they're telling you not to eat in the morning, but that then they're selling you BCAAs and stuff like that, which is basically amino acids and things. I, I just don't understand it. So, yeah, I was listening to these people and I was just, I don't know. So 
I asked you that because if you're not eating all day, but you get all your calories at night, in theory, you should meet some type of satisfaction quota. And the way I look at nutrition is more in a qualitative way where I look at, are we actually meeting our cravings? So, cause you're, you're building up your cravings during the day by not eating. So do you feel like you adequately met all your nutritional needs, caloric needs in the evenings, or did you like overcompensate for that hunger for all the cravings you had? Oh, I think I did overcompensate for the hunger. Like I think if you get to a meal really hungry and you specifically made it, make it calorically dense because it's what you're craving, you're going to eat more than if you're well fed. Like if you have a bowl of oatmeal in the morning and then you have a, I'm going to say a salad, but you don't have to be a salad. I just eat a lot of salads with carbs and uh, protein in them, but I eat a lot of salads because they fill me up. You have a, a veggie um, filling meal in the, like for lunch, and then you eat pizza, you're probably going to eat a lot less pizza if you've been full all throughout the day than if you just restrict to have that pizza like last thing you're gonna eat pizza and a half and a tub of ice cream and you're gonna go over your caloric needs in my opinion yeah Yeah. no i i concur with that because i've noticed if i fast and then exercise my cravings are really intense and i have to realize that what it really means is that i just need real food but then i eat the real food and it's like doesn't really fill me up fast enough so that's where the ice cream pizza and more calorically dense cravings come in because the body is really craving for you to really wants you to lower those stress hormones by just eating. So in my, in my opinion, it's better to avoid spiking those stress hormones too much. Do you think it's possible to lose weight, lose fat, maintain lean muscle mass, get, get the body of your dreams and whatnot through intermittent fasting while maintaining while staying in maintenance mode for uh, calories? No, I don't think so. I think that you're probably going to even gain weight if you do that. Do you think people are saying that you can? Yes, but I mean, let me make it clear. I'm a huge proponent of, and I think the truth is that an energy balance makes you either gain weight or lose weight. I just think that, when you are intermittent fasting, you're probably binging more than you would, and you're probably using less calories all throughout the day because you're less energized. You feel more lethargic, so that's why I say that you're like your need, your non-exercise um, energy expenditure. I don't know how how you how yeah N E E T non-exercise thermogenesis something yeah like something that. like that yeah active thermogenesis i don't know well your the calories you waste that aren't wasted during that exercise or that you spend that aren't wasting during exercise so the calories you use to blink or to walk or to move your hands to fiddle all those calories are gonna be are probably gonna be reduced during your fasting periods so that's why i think that you're probably even gonna gain weight if you do that and the people who say that are just blatantly um, ignoring science and nutrition science. Yeah, and I ask because 
it seems like I, I I learned about intermittent fasting around like eight, nine years ago. There's a guy named Martin Burkhan who was probably the first guy online to talk about how amazing it is. And from then on, people were trying to say that you could do IF, stay in caloric maintenance and actually burn more fat than you would if you ate three to six meals a day. So I just want to ask you one more time to confirm this. Did From your research, what you saw on YouTube blogs and whatnot, did you find that people were saying you could be in caloric maintenance, but do IF and you'll still burn fat? And yes, sure. And okay. people say you can be a carnivore or you can be keto and lose more fat while eating at a maintenance, which is just doesn't make sense. If you're eating at a maintenance, you're just maintaining your weight or losing fat. It's just, I don't know. I don't think it's the truth. I think it's lies. Pure lies. Yeah, no, I'm I, uh, really glad you confirmed that because it's very important for people to realize that there are all kinds of claims people are making out there. And you guys are listening to someone right now, just like you, who went on the internet, did a bunch of research, and now has come to a newfound truth and appreciation of the body's wisdom. Um, so, yeah, IF definitely can make you eat more. Uh, it could be useful. We're not, I don't think this is knocking it entirely, but just showing that a lot of the claims people are making aren't necessarily correct. So, in the beginning, though, did you have more energy during IF? Because what a lot of people report, is having more energy, more adrenaline, more cortisol. Uh, how did, how, did that happen for you at all? Sure. And I, I told you in the email that I've also fasted for three or four days. And you obviously have more energy, like at the beginning, because you, you're like, well, what I think happens and what I've read some places, which I'm not sure if it's true. Like everything I'm saying, it's uh, anecdotal and it's my experience. So I have no formal education in nutrition or in anything like that. So I think that um, you just get more energy just because your body is trying to find food. And that will That's happen. very scientific, by the way. That's a very scientific reason. And you, you, will, you will be just stressed. I think the word is stressed. And you would be like food focused and you would be... Um, I mean, you you can even like I don't know, like get some weird. Like, if someone is, in my opinion, very spiritual and very, oh, he likes a lot of that stuff. When he feels like he's getting kind of an adrenaline or like a cortisol rush, he will be making all sorts of claims that this is the best thing in the world. But when he keeps eating like that for like two or three months he'll feel that his energy is actually going down and he's getting probably more and more lethargic every day than than when he's just eating a meal like it you will feel that you're you start to crave food during that time unless you have like a huge dinner beforehand and you still you're, you still have calories throughout the morning because I feel that that happens. Now I do intermittent fasting sometimes, which is basically whenever I go out and have a huge dinner and I wake up and I'm not hungry, I won't eat. It's just that mm. simple. I just don't plan it to get to any goal. I I just eat whenever I feel hungry. That is, you have a lot of wisdom 
you've you've really developed a lot of wisdom. And I want to make this very clear. We don't need to look at all the research or have a formal logical education to understand some basic truths about how our body, how this hard wiring in our body works. When you're hungry and you don't eat for a long time, there's no grocery stores, you are going to be food focused because you're going to be motivated to find food to not be hungry anymore. And this is why some people, when they water fast, they actually hallucinate about food, cheeseburgers, things, even vegans, they start hallucinating about cheeseburgers, which they've never haven't eaten in years. This is because the body is telling us what we want. So when you eat a big dinner, I've experienced this as well. I can fast a little bit more the next morning simply because there's more energy to use in my body that's that's been stored or is available in a pool. So that is uh that's pretty interesting. So I think I I think I just forget what did I just I asked you this because I wanted to know what if you experienced more energy and you gave me a really good explanation on how yes you can experience some energy in the beginning but then with time what can happen is it goes down which is why I think it's important to do this thing every now and then. So let's transition a little bit. I want to touch on one issue you brought up in your email. You said you had some, I forgot to ask you this earlier, but you had some depression uh, from your body dysmorphia disorder. Um, Now, were you diagnosed with BDD? No, I was diagnosed with severe depression, not BDD. I I think it came from a couple of things. My (laughs) body dysmorphia, if we want to call it that, which I... It's probably not what is morphia. It's just a fear of not being accepted by society because of your body. I don't know if that will be body dysmorphia. I didn't really look at myself in the mirrors and see a monster. I'm mm-hmm. quite an obsessive person, which makes this even worse for me. Like the counting macros and I probably have a touch of, um, I have history in my family of uh obsessive compulsive disorder like mm-hmm. the true obsessive compulsive disorder not the oh i'm so obsessed i i yeah, yeah order yeah. my my clothes in col- by colors that's not ocd ocd is pretty fucked up you know and <laughs> i i have a, i probably have a touch of that and that coupled with a really weird high school and middle school experience in a really strict um, school with uh, teachers making fun of the um, students and ridiculing them in front of everybody. It made like a really stressed um, environment for me. And I think I developed a depression because of that. And the, the dieting and the being fat and all that stuff just made it way worse. So I don't think it, it was just only that, but it had a lot to be with that, to do with it. Okay. And yeah, no, I, I ask because I think that definitely can, it can affect our hormones, first of all. And it's a good thing that you, you know, it can affect our weight, our hormones, a lot of things. Do you, have you come out of that now, now that you're 21? Yeah. I've taken medication. I'm all for it. If you need it and you truly need it, I'd say go to a couple psychiatrists and get a common or try to find a common um, 
argument for them. Like, just don't take whatever they tell you. Yeah, you're depressed. Just take this. Just, I just, I would just find it very hard to do something that I haven't like realized myself. Like, it took me a long time before I realized I needed medication or I needed help. And right now, I'm fine. I'm off meds and I'm doing great. And I live a life of quite a bit less stress. Which is what That's I think great. made me depressed in the first time, like living with a lot of stress. Yeah, it sounds like things really added up and it, it's good that you were able to come out of it. So these these issues, feeling fat, uh, being in a very strict type of uh, school environment and being very afraid of uh, being perceived as fat and worthless, these things can really add up and affect people. So let's talk about where you are now as far as your diet, your exercise. So would you say you're you're more aware of what your body needs? Like what do you kind of eat now? Um, like what's your eating strategy? Okay. Part by part <laughs> because it's like quite a bit, quite a, a long story. This thing I'm doing now just because – if I could recommend some something to someone right now, is don't start bodybuilding and don't start counting calories and macros because it's going to fuck you up for a long time if you do. If you start getting into that world, what you think now is lean will be fat in just a couple of months and the 15% which you wish you had like 15% body fat you wish you had when you were um, a normal guy or a normal gal that will turn into a, an 8% body fat and unrealistic expectations all around your life. So don't start bodybuilding, pick up another sport, maybe even powerlifting or whatever if you really like the gym, but just don't start, don't get into that world. It, it will just, it's just really hard to get out of, in my opinion. To me, it's, I mean, I, I'm not out of that world. I still feel guilty when I eat certain things. I just know I shouldn't feel guilty. And now I eat, like, going to the what I eat now question, I eat, mm -hmm. I really, I could say a mainly plant-based diet, not because I'm vegan, but because I eat a lot of vegetables and I eat a lot of fruit which fill me up, are healthy for you. I eat legumes and I eat uh, carbs. Like I like whole grains, but you don't need to eat only whole grains. And whenever I feel like it, I go out and eat a meal with my girlfriend or a meal with my friends. And maybe some weeks I don't go out and eat and some other weeks I go out four times. It's just life happens, you know, and I... Don't stress about it. And I go, I go to the gym. Well, I've been going to the gym quite a lot, but I wouldn't recommend that. Like, do as I say, not as I do, because I'm, as I said, I'm still fucked from the my bodybuilding focus days. But if uh, I I just exercise like four or five times a week, and I do a pretty intense, I do pretty intense workouts. I squat and I deadlift and I bench press. And I have. Yeah, yeah. So it sounds like there's been an evolution for you, and I, I feel like you brought up the bodybuilding because that can really affect how people eat. So I like what you said about life just happens. It's important to go with the flow and 
when you're just planning your nutrition all the time, you don't really let life happen. You control every aspect of your life, with especially if you're obsessive compulsive. So when you eat now, it's it's mostly plant based. Um, do you find that you do better uh, when you eat more legumes and don't eat too much meat? I think it's not the don't eat too much meat part. I think it's the eat more vegetables and eat more fruit part. I've also been carbophobic, if we can use that, that word here for a long time, because I I started messing up with a friend of mine who's a bodybuilder and he only ate chicken thighs and um, what was the other thing? Yeah, like ground chuck, I think you call it in the States. And he's, yeah, ground he's, beef. He's, he's, he's American. Yeah, ground beef, like ground like cheap ground beef, you know, the... Oh, ground the, chuck. Is that when they mix, like, chicken and beef? No, it's just the 80-20 beef. The oh, the 80 beef. Yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah. Okay. And okay. that with some vegetables, and I would eat, like, that five or six times a meal uh, a day, and he would be mad at me if I ate carbs or something, and i not really mad, like, I'm... I'm old enough not to, but he'd be like, oh, you're not focusing on your goals and stuff like that. And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I used to be that, that guy. I, I realized it's just not worth it at all. Like, not worth it at all. Like, maybe if you want to be, not even then, if you want to be a professional bodybuilder, you're probably not going to be listening to this conversation. But, like, um, even to them, like, there are a lot of ways to get to the same place and you don't have to, restrict so much food besides carbs whole grains are great for people like they like most studies show that a reduction in all cause mortality just from eating more whole grains and more legumes and more vegetables so it's if someone tells you to restrict vegetables or fruit run like as fast as you can from there this is so dumb and all the the studies and all the research points to eat more vegetables and eat more fruit. So just run from there. But so how do you feel? I mean, yeah, the studies, there's, there's a lot of studies and all kinds of things. And there's new theories about, there's all kinds of people trying to avoid legumes, grains, fruits, and vegetables. And they are, you should definitely run from them. But my question to you is, do you feel best on this diet or I'm trying to understand why you are saying you're plant-based. It's because you eat a lot of vegetables, but you also eat meat too. Yeah, I do eat meat too. Yeah. And fish. I, I eat, I I eat everything. I just don't, I probably, when I say I'm mainly plant-based, I'm probably eating more meat than the average person. I've just eaten so much meat before that to me, this is almost Uh, eating not, not, not meat. So that, that's, mistake on my yeah because you didn't you don't sound like you're truly plant-based like the other plant-based people that's why i i uh, I when i when i say plant-based i I just mean i eat a lot of i'm mainly plant-based because i i eat tofu sometimes i eat eat seitan i eat a lot of legumes i eat a lot of whole grains and i eat some meat with it but probably like less than a pound of meat a day which to some people it might be a lot, but to me it's almost nothing because I've eaten yeah, up a to... a pound of meat a day is a lot. I've eaten up to two, two and a half pounds of meat a day. So yeah, wow. that's why it's a lot to me. Not a lot. Uh, I see. Yeah, in that case, I, I'm probably plant-based too because I I can't eat... I don't think I could eat a pound. I probably could eat a pound of meat a day if I train, but 
that that is quite a bit of food actually well, honestly like, like if you have like two meals with um half a pound of turkey in in them which is around 15 50 grams of protein it's just not that much but to me it just doesn't seem that much it's just a couple of meals with some meat in it in them yeah but I, i'm trying to reduce on the meat because just because of how much meat i've eaten it's just not uh i see probably. okay so i mean yeah i'm sure you have something's telling you to do that but that is interesting because there are many people in the carbophobic low carb circles who eat massive amounts of meat yeah. that to me personally just don't doesn't really align with what my body is telling me i want so yeah do you i i think we've covered a lot here and it's it sounds like you've you really understood a lot of things about how your body works, uh, the research, uh, you've educated yourself about things, all cause mortality. Um, I guess, is there anything else you want to talk about? Hmm. Well, I think I make clear the thing about don't start bodybuilding and obsessing about counting macros and things because I personally like a lot Lane Norton, for example, and he he's an, an ad advocate for counting macros and counting calories i personally think it's really useful it will get you to your goals probably faster than anything else but is it really worth it i don't know if you're really obsessive just my my recommendation is don't do it because you're going to be counting macros probably for the rest of your life and you're going to be feel you're going to feel quite stressed about it but, like, I mean, we are all free to do whatever we want. Just take everything as that I said as, a, as an anecdote and as my personal experience because I'm not an, author, an authority in this. Yes, that... Actually, this, yeah, this is a really good topic, actually. I want to ask you, when you said it's probably not worth it to follow some type of uh, macro counting program, what is the value in in doing something like that the value is that if you're really obsessed with having a six having six pack abs or like being lean or losing your weight there's probably not better way to do it than counting macros as in faster and safer way in my opinion but when you like this is personal a personal experience for me i had my grandfather pass away a couple of months ago and when i came back from the i don't know how you call them the places where you put the dead people in a casket okay. and you uh, yeah the, the funeral the funeral the viewing whatever you call them no oh, the wake yeah out oh, of the wake yeah i i was eating like my only meal of the day and I was thinking, how many calories are in this? How many? How much protein is in this? And how many carbs are in this? And I was fucked up. Like it really affected me that my grandfather passed away, but I was still focused on counting the calories for the day. It's just I I tell this just to put it into perspective how much or how how big of a part of your life it becomes, especially if you're obsessive, probably. But it's. That's what I what I mean by it's not worth it. Like, yeah, yeah. You're probably, it's affecting your life yeah. to the point where you can't function normally, and that's when it becomes a, a pretty much an illness. You're probably better off just even if it takes twice the time, because most people don't have the bodybuilding goals. You just want to be at a healthy weight, and you just want to be 
look somewhat good because uh, social media social media fucks you up and i think that it fucks men up more because women you just have to be skinny which uh, to be honest like most guys don't like a really skinny woman we don't like it if they're too low no body fat and Mm -hmm. most of the time we don't care if you're uh 10 pounds up or 10 pounds down if that makes sense so those last healthy pounds we don't care like if we liked you we're gonna like you anyways but with men you see those guys in the magazines they are like pumping up huge amounts of drugs they are restricting a lot and they're putting up some expectations for young men that are just not reachable even for the even even if you did what they did most of the times you, you won't get to that level like genetically you're not gonna look like chris hemsworth if you don't take drugs like most guys you won't and if you don't make your life about looking like that you're just not you and it's really hard to accept but for a girl if you try hard you can probably look like look skinny which is probably what you... I'm not trying to undermine the experience of people because it's just as, as annoying to have to eat a 1,000 calories a day, but it's just not reachable for men. So it makes it, it makes it even worse. That's, that's fascinating because this is a huge debate is are these goals attainable? Because sociologists have been saying for a long time what the fitness industry promotes is not attainable. Um, and I think... The most important thing that I want to highlight here is that most people just want to look somewhat good, but with social media, the the bar just keeps getting higher and higher and we think we need to have perfect abs all the time. But I want to, I want to go back to uh, this worth question. So what's the value in having six pack abs for a guy? Um, talking, talking now, um, none to be honest. There's no value in having six-pack abs. Like, I, I used to think that it was... When I was depressed, I used to do, like, 100 sit-ups, and I was still fat as fuck, like, you know, and I and I would do 100 sit-ups just thinking that that would get me to my goal of having a six-pack and be all depressed while doing my sit-ups. And it, it's funny now, but it was hell then. Yeah. But th- there's no value, like... It, so what to, did you think the value was? Oh, I that thought time? the value was that if I didn't have that body, like no woman would, would ever love me. Mm-hmm. Um, plot twist: I've had sex with multiple women since since then, and I didn't have a six pack abs ever, like probably ever. Like, and I've had sex with many women, so it's not it's not worth it. Like, the woman who is gonna go for you for the six pack abs. It's not worth it. Like honestly, it's just you, you, you don't want to form a meaningful relationship with someone who values you because you have a six pack abs. Now, don't yeah. don't mistake this with thinking that um, you're not gonna have a lot more success with women if you're leaner. You are. Like this is just uh, the truth. <laughs> If you're leaner, you're going to have a lot more success with women, but you don't have to be that lean. You're, it doesn't matter if you're 12 or 15% body fat. Like, they don't care. Most of them don't care. 
and women, we don't <coughs> care if you have a bit of a. Dude, my girlfriend is really skinny, and she's like, "Oh, I'm bloated today," and I'm like, "What the fuck are you telling? Like, it just looks <laughs> the same." And it's probably that the, the same for them. Like when you say that you you are fat or your father, I I I look. I watched your video when you lost the 25 pounds about nine months ago. I probably look just a tiny bit leaner than you right now. But I've been heavier and I've been lighter and there's no difference, honestly. Like, unless you're like fat, like truly fat, you're not going to notice a big difference. And there are a lot of people who are going to tell you that you are, you're not. Um, and... People like the this Mew guy, the, I think you interview him, like Mike Mew, the guy of the. Oh yes, yes. Don't 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 start doing things like that, in my opinion, because you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna best. you're gonna obsess about it too, and you're gonna obsess about having the perfect jaw. I think Mike Mew says it all the time. You might get take like ten years of mewing to get to having a noticeable change when you're not an adult, just don't do it. Like, if you're doing it for aesthetics, I, I think it's just don't do it. It isn't worth it. It isn't worth it. Like all this stress you're going to put yourself in just to get that tiny bit wider jaw or something like that. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that because I think this is what men need to hear that as far as, the value of these things. It's principally for young men to get laid. And when it comes to getting laid, you you can be have a dad bod really and, and get laid with, with plenty of women, have sex with plenty of women. Not that you should have a dad bod, but I posted a picture of me shirtless on my other Instagram. It was kind of a joke, but a few people said that I look fat, young girls who probably are probably like 18 year old girls who maybe are used to social media photoshopped images. So women now, and they, they also don't, didn't like my uh, Instagram because I, I, I have some traditional views on there that threaten a lot of people's worldviews, but our ideas of a dad bod could be like 15% body fat with a certain angle and certain lighting. People might think you actually look fat. So uh, it's important to realize that there's a lot more to the equation of being attractive, worthy as a man than having the leanest body. So you've heard from a young man here. He's uh, been laid plenty of times without having the perfect body. And uh, he currently has a girlfriend. And I think that's really important for guys to hear. So I think that pretty much concludes. Oh, and another yeah. thing I'd like to say that if you post a picture of your naked body in an Instagram and you get, 18-year-olds telling you that you're fat, 18-year-olds are fucking stupid. Like, it's just as it is. They're, they're stupid. And, like, girls and guys, like, they're both, they're both stupid. Like, And most of the time, when you get to talk to them, are you realize it's just all the... I come into this... I came into this realization a long time ago. Uh, maybe this is a Spanish thing, just... But this is just a Spanish thing, but you might see a group of girls and they call another guy ugly because they're, they're really judgmental. And then you see their boyfriends and you're like, how are you calling this guy ugly? Like, have you seen your boyfriend? He looks worse than that. And 
my point here is that what they say is not what they do or what they really value. Like social pressure at that age is pretty bad <clears throat> and pretty weird. I think especially amongst women, amongst guys too, but not as bad in my opinion, as in they only need to get laid to be valuable to their peers. But girls, they need a lot more validation from their from males and from their friends and stuff. So yeah, like don't take anything an eighteen year old girl tells you seriously. It's just not worth it for your sanity. Just don't do it. Yeah, it's also it's also important for guys to realize that things have switched. So why men shouldn't really be insecure about their appearance. That's more of something that women should be because their value rests more in physical displays of fertility and femininity. Whereas for men, masculinity, there's some physical attributes, but I think women appreciate much more in general. And it's important for guys not to do things because women say this, women say that, because then you're kind of like following their command and their lead. And this is a slightly different conversation, but um, I think a lot of guys today are way too obsessed with what women are saying, what women are thinking and what they think and say varies depending on their emotions and mood. So you don't want to take it too seriously. So thanks a lot for your wisdom, Carlos. Are there any sure. final, final words you have for our audience? No, not really. It was a pleasure. And I am happy that if at least any of you, I prevent any of you from doing any of the stupid shit I've done. That's, that's just a win for me. Honestly, just listen to your parents. What your parents have been telling you all the time, eat more food, eat more vegetables, eat some meat, and eat, eat whatever they're making. Like, maybe in America this is different, but, like, just do that. It's just that simple. It's funny when you go through all this hell just to b get back to step one and you realize that step one it was probably the, the only worthy one of all those 20 you took before it. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree. Well, thanks again for sure. joining us, and I'm sure this has helped. Uh, this will help many people.